Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined, as always, by Johnny. Johnny, how the heck are you? I'm good. You're good, good, good. Uh, I've been away a little bit. I've been on vacation. I'm, I'm back into the swing of things. Hopefully, we hit the ground running. There's a lot to cover here uh, this week. Um, in terms of what we're covering, we have the the OLED Nintendo Switch, not the Pro. Well, well, we'll get into that. But before we do, don't forget to visit our website, SwitchRPG.com. Also, visit our Twitter, uh, Twitter.com, SwitchRPG, and our Discord. You can visit that at Switch... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Discord.SwitchRPG.com. Uh, Johnny is still dancing, um, but um, when you've finished dancing, what are you playing? Uh, so, there was a sale that... Uh... GameStop had, uh, I don't know if they still have it, but it was uh, at the beginning of this month, and I picked up a bunch of different games, and uh, haven't played all of them, but I finally picked up one of them that was on sale, and these are all physicals, so these are games I wanted to get physically, uh, so one of them was Dragon's Dogma, I haven't uh. fired that up yet, but I finally got it, that was a game that I was, you know, itching to get, I think oh. I picked it up for like I don't know. It was like it was definitely under fifteen bucks for the good, physical. That's a great game for a great price there. Yeah, so it, it was just too good to pass up. And then same thing for XCOM Two Collection. Mm-hmm. I picked that one up for uh, right around that same price, very cheap physical. Uh, although you still have to you still have to download a big chunk of it. Yeah, there's a pretty hefty download in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. And uh, I fired that up. And played a decent amount of just the original XCOM 2. Do not do that. I don't know what it is, but the XCOM 2, uh, the not expansion one, the was the expansion War of the Chosen. Uh, there is a difference. I don't know what happened. Maybe they just didn't pay attention to the original. Don't fire up the original. Fire up War of the Chosen. It it's it just looks better. Has more polish in there, and yeah. uh. It comes with all the extra goodies that War of the Chosen comes with. And from what I could tell, the story is the same. At least the start of the story, the first uh, two or three missions are exactly the same. And it probably is going to continue to be the same with with more different stuff on the War of the Chosen. So, uh, yeah, I I just wanted to I thought there was a story difference uh, like essentially a, a set a different campaign, but it's not they're not two different campaigns. They're the same campaign, except the campaign's expanded in War of the Chosen. Yeah, so. it is you're right. It is an it's expanded content. Uh it adds some classes. It also um there I guess there's some uh, different mechanics involved in the game. So they they some quality of life sort of stuff. So pretty major expansion. And you're right, I think that'd be the one to go for when you when you boot that up. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess they left in the original XCOM 2 for those for the purists out there that want to play the original experience. But yet there is there is a difference when it comes to like graphics and uh, frame rate and and like performance and and just uh, 
glitchiness, there is a difference. I'm not saying that it's it's bad. It's just it, it kind of felt almost like night like it was just more performant on um there was a, a slight glitch on War of the Chosen where like the very bottom of uh of like video video sequences uh vi- um movie sequences yep that would play out where the very bottom had like this i don't know this like weird rainbow band color thing going on uh i'm guessing from like some video compression type issue huh. or something like that uh so that's there but it's like it only takes like a couple of pixels uh vertically and and stretches across the screen so it's like you can ignore it it doesn't detract from from the experience all that much okay uh, it, and it's not present at all during actual gameplay. So that that's the only negative thing from War of the Chosen. Everything else, uh, graphically and, and glitchy and performance-wise, are all like across the board better on War of the Chosen. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I actually um I really grown to like XCOM two or War of the Chosen more and more. I've always heard people talk about it, but my first time playing was on the Switch, and man, it is. It is a it is a great it is a good experience. I, I I really really like it, and I now I understand why everything kind of gets compared to XCOM. You know, it, it, it's a really well done game. Yep, yep. Although um, I have to keep playing it just to see how different it gets from the original remake of XCOM, the the reboot, whatever whatever you want to call it, the three D XCOM. I'm not talking about the original originals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'd have to see how different, how much they expand it in XCOM 2. But if they don't, um, expand it all that much, I would kind of lean towards it being, uh, other games similar to it, like Fire Emblem. There is some similarity Mm -hmm. with Fire Emblem Three Houses and XCOM, uh, a bit of a little bit of overlap, but I would say uh, other games that are obviously more XCOM-y is um, essentially the Darkest Dungeon style games, where you have this home base thing, you're upgrading different facilities, you're recruiting your units and training them and upgrading them. All that is stuff that you've done first in XCOM, except all these indie games that are doing it, they're just expanding it with different sort of gameplay uh tweaks mm-hmm. and and intriguing stuff dungeon crawling and and more sort of adventurous takes uh it all comes from like the x game meta formula i'm not i know like uh darkest dungeon is obviously uh, a way different combat system i'm talking about the meta gameplay loop you're uh, talk you're talking like the the hub uh basically everything stemming from a hub is that what you mean yeah, everything except for the combat, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to the combat, that's obviously more like Fire Emblem. It's more tactical. It's more uh, sort of taking cover shooting because, it, you know, they have weapons that shooty stuff. Um, so there's that. I mean, it, it's going to be its own combat system. But, you know, when you're those are on individual missions, when you're outside of those missions, right, it has that same meta game feel like the going back to the monastery and fire emblem or even closer to that of darkest dungeon and other games like that so right 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough to find a lot of these really good strategy games um, that are XCOM-like, I guess you can call them, on the Switch. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I really do I did enjoy my time with Mario plus Rabbids, but there really isn't like a, a hub that you go back to or a base that yeah. you can upgrade there. Um, one game that I really enjoyed but not I didn't enjoy my time with it on the Switch was Mutant Year Zero. Um, on I played it on Xbox and the Switch. Xbox is just a very much a, a better, a ton better experience. But it it is the same sort of um, you know strat. It's a strategy to uh, game, and um, you have that kind of hub that that really is um, kind of the core mechanic there. But like I said, it's it's there aren't many. You know, you mentioned Fire Emblem, but there aren't really many others that that kind of have that same that same thing. Yeah, I'd say the biggest differentiator with dark uh, with XCOM is that the decisions you make, because you're going to be presented with multiple missions that you can take on from different uh, uh, countries. Uh, this is at the very least with the the first XCOM and, and the original XCOM games, uh, and it wouldn't be very clear cut or straightforward there's pros and cons to taking different missions and if you take a mission with for example somewhere in the united states uh and not in like uh japan or something like that well that could sour your relations with japan and also cause uh the destruction could lead to the inevitable destruction of japan because the alien you didn't stop the aliens from mm -hmm. doing whatever it is that they're doing and all of a sudden boom you just lost japan for the rest of the game so there's major repercussions uh, that are going that can and are likely to happen as you're playing through the campaign. Uh, and these are not like straightforward. There, there is no obvious choice to make. There are only choices and, and no, like none of them are actually good. They're just. They're just different. Uh, right. <laughs> in in one way or another. So that. That is still something that the other games that I've mentioned don't really do or handle in the meta game side of it. In the sort of bigger picture, they don't they don't have this grasp or this notion of uh, of important decisions that you're making that's going to shape the rest of the meta game as you continue to play through it. Right. Yeah, I, there there are few and far between. I was just kind of while you were talking, I was doing a little bit of research, and I'm like just wondering what have I played that could fit that mold. Um, there were there are others, but I just didn't enjoy my time with them. Like Wasteland Two, uh, another one called Phantom Doctrine. Um, again, it just didn't didn't scratch the itch for me. I just, and some of them just didn't really look that great on the Switch. So yeah, I, I would say. Um... There is a game very recent. We've talked about it quite extensively, and it's another game that I've played a little bit. Um, you know, since we last spoke, uh, Grifflands, oh, yes. which does, which does have that. You know, decisions that you make early on is going to affect the rest of the narrative and the rest of the sort of uh, quests and objectives you're going to do uh, as you continue through. So all the decisions you make in Grifflands have weight and have. Uh, consequences to them as you know XCOM does so uh there's that and uh speaking of Grifflands that is the other game I've been playing and I can verify 
that saves are now saving like they should. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you because I honestly I haven't played since um since before their the big major fix or that that patch. Um, I was just, I just, I had to move on. Uh, and so it looks like they've, they fixed that. They fixed it. Uh, I, I'm still like way behind where I was, but, uh, it'll, it'll take me a little bit to catch up to where I was before, but it's fixed and, ah, man, it might be like too little, too late. Cause I, I didn't play it that much. I, I played it enough to like complete one entire campaign loop. Although I died at the very, very, very end, <laughs> which is terrible. Uh, Noob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it works. It saves. I hope I can get back into it. because so I definitely want to experience the last character's storyline because I, okay. I played the first two characters. Um, I don't I, know if there's a fourth character, but I do know that there's a third character and I haven't done that one yet. I because we're friends, right? We're friends on the Nintendo Switch um, network, whatever you want. Nintendo Switch Online. I can see your gameplay, and you have clocked over forty hours in that. Is that a bug or like? No, no, that's real. That's for real, huh? Okay. It sounds like you put very little time into it, but yeah, you got quite a substantial amount of time uh, on internet. When I when I was first playing it, yeah, I went okay. crazy on that game. Yeah. I, I put in at least twenty hours when I was first playing it, and then. I noticed that my save it was probably like 20 hours in or something like that or more. I gotcha. A file got deleted. And then I played through another full campaign and it didn't save again. And I'm like, all right, one more time just to be certain. And I did it again <laughs> and it didn't save. And at that point, I threw up my hands. I'm like, ah! Oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah. But, so, uh, but it's fixed now, so... It is fixed now, and speaking of fixing, I'm fixing to learn about what you've been playing. Oh, um, well, I mean, I'm still playing the same the same games as, as the last time. I'm playing Baldur's Gate: Dark Alliance. Um, again, it's it's an it's an older game, and and I need to understand that. Okay, there there are very little quality of life changes to it. It's been basically just you know it's a redone up version of it. And I have a problem with it because I'm, I'm playing as a ranged character and I don't know that the game was meant to play that way. I mean, you can, you can, you, you can, I mean, that is a class. You can play as a kind of like a, uh, a ranger or mage and I'm kind of doing a mix in between and I am having, there are times where I'm like really struggling through it where I'll have to go kill a group of enemies or an enemy, go back and save it. Go like just to advance a little bit because otherwise, if I keep advancing and I die, I have to start at the last save spot, and it just it it is very very difficult, and it's in it is impossible to uh, grind out any levels to maybe just make it a little bit easier because once the enemies are dead, they're dead. They don't they don't respawn. So it's it's a that's a it's a very archaic system. I there aren't many games that that do that anymore, but. I'm. I want to finish it. That's that's the bottom line. I, I will finish that game. Um. So I've been playing that. I've been playing Yeast Nine Monstrum Knox as well. Um. A very good, solid game. There are some frame rate issues once you get into the city, but otherwise, once you're in the prison, you are good to go. Uh, it is it is fun. The only drawback 
with uh, now I've only played two yeast games. I played uh, eight and this one. The only thing I don't like is that there are the it's not exactly open world. Like the whole the whole world isn't opened up to you right at the very beginning. What happens is the story progresses. As the story progresses, you unlock certain areas of the the city or whatever, and and then it becomes more open at that point. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're okay with that, then I think I think it's a it's a really good action RPG uh, for 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 people who like it. Is is it a step up? from yeast eight or is it kind of like a sidestep it's similar i i I would say it's similar they did add more aspects in terms of uh, elevation like you can you can really traverse the map that way uh whereas east East eight you didn't really have that elevation um also the the i guess the mechanic in east eight is different where you're almost building like this you're stranded on an island and you're building this town you're looking for survivors, not a town. Yeah, a settlement, I guess you could call it. And you're just looking for survivors, and you start recruiting members, and you're building this this area. Whereas this one's just a little bit different, where you're you're um, you're caught up in this story where you're in prison, and then you gotta. I don't I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but again, like I said, the way you're opening up the map is you're kind of doing, I guess, tasks to open up certain sections of the map. So it's just it's just a different mechanic there, but I think it's more of a sidestep um where I other than the you know, like I said that has elevation. I do like I do like um certain aspects of the combat. They've improved on it a little bit. Um but again, it's more of the same in in my eyes. Last time I talked about a game uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance with uh, with the Xbox. I don't I don't remember if you recall it, but I had a tough time. It actually bricked my Xbox Series X. And and then you fired it up once, and then you couldn't fire it up ever again. Yes, I got my Xbox Series X back from repair. Um, and I've been playing. I've been playing a little bit of that as well. It's still buggy it still's got it's got some problems and i hope they fix it because i think it could be fun it's really kind of it's more fun when you have people playing along like co-op or whatever multiplayer online it is a lot more fun um but yeah i've been doing a little bit of the uh dungeons and dragons dark alliance um so that is what i've been playing i i was going to start up monster hunter stories too but i'm just like i have too much in terms of what I'm playing for games going on. So I, I haven't really started that up yet. But you got it. I have it. Yeah, I know. I definitely have. I have the collector's edition. I do plan on playing it. I did start it, you know, uh, what I, I did the, basically the demo can progress over. So I've done that much. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, cool. Let's get into some new game announcements. WayForward has revealed a Ruby, uh, another Ruby game uh, called Arrowfall, coming in 2022. WayForward has finally lifted the lid on the newest project, which is based on Ruby, the Ruby the Animated Series. Company showcased the first trailer, Ruby Arrowfall, which is now the finalized title. And it says it can be uh, or will be released on multiple platforms, including the Switch, in 2022. Now the I don't is this one different than the other ruby that was out? Because uh, the, the other ruby that was out was really bad in my opinion. 
Was it a side-scrolling action game? No. Well, this one is. Okay. Uh, so this one is going to be uh, a little bit different, and hopefully it's a better experience. Uh, hopefully. It, uh, so it looks like it might be semi-Metroidvania-esque. Uh, the way they have it described on their website is embark on an original 2D action adventure set in the world of Ruby. There you go. I don't know much about Ruby at all, but um, they did have a trailer. I did look at it. Uh, it looks interesting. I just don't know. It does. It just doesn't show enough of the certainly like tons of action. Uh, and it's certainly a side-scrolling action platformery type thing. And the fact that they're calling it adventure means it could be in the Metroidvania-esque type of things. And sure. that's they make a lot of Metroidvania-esque games. So that's why I'm kind of thinking it's going to be something similar to that. Yeah, well, I, I think that's what the uh, the Ruby franchise needs because the uh, it's called Ruby Grim Eclipse. Not Not a good experience. It was just kind of a, it was just a mess. I don't know. I don't know what it's gotten in terms of rating. I think we we covered it. At Switch RPG. I think Evan on the site covered it. Let me just see what he he gave it here. It, it's just I don't know. I played I played a little bit of it as well, and ugh, bad news. Uh, I mean it's like it's not super impressive graphically, but it's not like bad. It's. It's very. It's hitting. It's meant for a certain target demographic, sort of audience age type yeah, thing. Yeah, but it, it's not even that. I mean, it's just like the like the whole the whole all the it does right. Visually, it doesn't look bad. It, it was just the gameplay mechanics was just bad. Um, and yes, Evan did rate it bad. So, well, I'm talking about the trailer for this new one. For the new one, you're right. It does not. It looks. It looks very different. Uh, so, and you're right. Way Forward does they do like uh, they do Shantae. Um, they do some other other ones. I can't really think off the top of my yeah. head right now. I believe they did. Uh, they do a lot of licensing games, and one of them was uh, what was it that the Mummy Demastered game, and that mm -hmm. was a Metroidvania style game. I mean, even in the trailer in the Ruby game, if you look all the way on the top right, you'll see that sort of grid map system that's right. typical in metroidvania games which is why i'm kind of saying it might be a metroidvania yeah uh, it, it's almost like a um you know it's also similar to just from looking at the the action combat that they have going on there similar to um muramasa the demon blade on on the wii so it's kind of similar to that too because that one also had didn't have a grid-based map system it was more like here's a box you're in a room that's a box and some other room might be a bigger or smaller box. It wasn't like snapped to a grid or anything like that. And okay. Scaled. But anyway, so that's that. It could be good. Yeah, there's a little, it's a little more promising. Um, hopefully uh, that with way forward behind it, it's a little bit better. Um, all right, next we have, this isn't a new game announcement. I've actually covered this on the YouTube channel. Um, it's a game called Eastward by Chucklefish. It's finally been rated. Uh, I feel like it's because it's gotten rated. It's it's coming. It's coming, and it's. I'm hoping this year. I don't have any information, but I really hope it's this year. It is a really really cool looking game. I, I'm not sure if you saw it. 
but um, it, it's got dynamic dynamic lighting, um, and just any games with dynamic lighting just just yeah. does it just does it for me. It, it looks <laughs> good. I'm just reading the rating summary, and it is not for kids. <laughs> no, it is rated T for Teen, and it's got a very similar story, or I guess you could say story as uh, The Last of Us, where it's kind of like it's not a, a father daughter. Well, it's more like I don't I don't know how they meet up, but it's like a father and or a young or sorry, it's a grown adult and a young child. So I don't think they're they're rated. But yes, there's uh, I, I there's some stuff on here that I really can't read or <laughs> say aloud. Yeah, um, but yeah, it is definitely rated T for T. According to what they have here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and what we're talking about is like they got the A word and the B word. Yeah, but there's there's other suggestive themes in there yeah, as well. Yeah, it's worse than that. Those are the <laughs> those are the easy ones. Those are safe. <laughs> yeah, those are the safe ones we can say on the podcast. Yeah. All right, next we have Dying Light Platinum Edition is coming to the Nintendo Switch this October, ready for spooky Halloween time. Ooh. I don't know who's been asking for this, but I loved Dying Light. When it first came out, now it didn't run greatest. It didn't look visually stunning, but I just had a really fun time with it. It's a kind of just an open world Zambi game, and um, yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to run on the Switch, but it is coming. It is also a game that's what like seven, eight, nine years old. How old is that game? Uh, six six years old. I was way off, but mm-hmm. right. it is an older game, and they've had plenty of time to fine-tune it for the Switch, hopefully. Hopefully. I, yeah, I don't know who the porting studio is, but... Um... But when it's that old, and it originally came out on, what, the Xbox One, right? Yes. And the Xbox One was not super impressive graphically. Uh, it wasn't, like, leaps and bounds ahead of the Switch. It was certainly ahead, just not like dramatically ahead like the Xbox One X. So right, so it it'll work. I can see it working. I hope so. It also adds HD rumble, gyro aiming, motion controls, touchscreen, local and online co-op. Touchscreen. I don't know how that's gonna work. <laughs> yeah. Touchscreen one has me thrown off. Um, yeah, HD rumble is fine. Gyro aiming and motion controls I will never use, but yeah, touchscreen. I don't even know how that'd be implemented other than like maybe in a menu, maybe that, that way. I don't know. Are you saying you wouldn't do the gyro or are you saying you wouldn't do the motion or you wouldn't do either? Either. Really? Yeah. I'm not a fan of motion controls or gyro aiming. It made sense in some of Breath of the Wild. It was just easier to do, uh, some of the, uh, gyro aiming, but... Like maybe like some of those puzzles, but other than that, I'm just I don't know. It's just not for me. I I like the gyro aiming. It's I I find it useful. I'm too old, too old to learn something new. It just takes practice. That's all. Nah, nah. nah. All right. Next game we have Dodgeball Academia launches August fifth. Uh, sports RPG Dodgeball Academia will launch for the. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, via Steam and Humble Store. On August 5th, publisher Humble Games and developer Pocket Trap has announced. Now, there's a, there's a trailer you can 
you can you can watch it does very much remind me a little bit of uh one step from eden i don't know if you recall that game or uh, i think it's mega man network or battle network oh yep i don't know how how it reminds you of that but sure it just does i don't know i don't know maybe it's just the way the stages i don't know i don't know it's it's it just does it, they're playing dodgeball I mean, there's some wacky antics going on over here, so it's not like straightforward dodgeball at all, but mm -hmm. they are playing dodgeball. They are playing dodgeball. So we got a new sports RPG. I guess people just continue to tell me that all or most of the new sports games are RPGs anyway. Not because you're playing a role as the player or whatever, but because they're, like, for example, in Madden, um, you can create a star, and that star is you, and you can increase the stats, things of that nature. So Madden is now an RPG. Yep. I hate I, it. I hate I, it. I hate it. All right. RPGs I, are everywhere. They are everywhere. They take the best of RPGs and they mash them into anything. Yeah. Uh, but this is a cool, cool looking game. Yeah. Dodgeball Academia, August 5th. All right. Next we have uh, Death's Gambit. This is very much a Johnny game. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Death's Gambit Afterlife is a hugely expanded uh, is a hugely expanded edition of the hardcore 2018 action platformer, and it's coming to the Nintendo Switch this year. I will say, if you have the opportunity, look up the trailer for this this new trailer, Death's Gambit Afterlife trailer. They've gone in and just revamped the entire game. It's basically a new new game they've re added new weapons new weapon animations uh the way that you uh the class tree the skill tree they've added all these sorts of new elements to the game it's basically a new game and it, it, like i said it is very much a johnny game it's a, and when i say that it's very it's a dark metroidvania I, I i know that you you like that sort of stuff and not only is it just a metroidvania it's it's a i guess a souls like where the, there's a stamina mechanic that sort of thing yep yeah i played this game in paxis way back when probably like three years ago Maybe four years ago. It was like Probably, three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, it might have been four years ago, yeah. And uh, I was totally on board. Uh, it it was a 2D uh, Souls-like Metroidvania-esque kind of experience. And I was totally on board. And it came out and it got kind of... Uh, it got good scores on average, but not like great scores. So I never really went into it and like picked it up but uh and also it didn't it didn't come out on switch right no yeah so this is it like if they took the existing game improved all of it across the board and are now bringing it to switch on a game that i was already like really interested in getting like sign me up i'm down this this is going to be a day one what 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 day is that that day I buy. I buy on that day. <laughs> yeah, it's uh this is a little bit of an older article, but we've never covered it. So I just wanted to make sure that again, wa watch the trailer. You'll see all the enhancements. It's based and even they say it here after uh Death's Gambit Afterlife doubles the size of the original game, adding new areas, storylines, uh -huh. weapons, abilities, modes, and not to mention tuning elements from the original. So they've added kind of, and again, I watched the video, they added even more Metroidvania, or I guess, 
it's not necessarily item gating. It's more like ability gating, uh, where you just need certain abilities that you potentially could kill from a boss, and you can get new areas. So that's, that sort of thing. That's typical Metroidvania yeah. stuff. So yeah, it. All I can find for a release date is sometime this year. Sometime this year. You got. You gotta wait. Gotta wait. All right, cool. That's going to do it for the new game announcements. Uh, let's uh, quickly hit some uh, quickly hit some news. All right, uh, I'll let you go over this 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 one. You seem very interested in telling the world about this. Uh, this is uh, an APB. All right, Nintendo has announced that the 3DS and Wii U eShops will no longer accept direct payments with credit slash debit cards, starting on January 18th of 2022 so uh you got less than uh actually just about half a year in order to uh buy whatever it is that you want via those two methods from the those two e-shops the wii u and the 3ds e-shops which means you have a very limited time to scoop up all the amazing virtual console style games and other games that are still yet exclusive to those systems uh, the most important one being probably Xenoblade Chronicles X. For the Wii U, yep. Or on the Wii U, uh, which is an absolutely fantastic game. So there's that, but I guess you always have the option of trying to find it somewhere physically and getting it. I'll let, uh, you, bo- I'll let you borrow mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it. I have it already. But other people are certainly... Uh, yeah. Hit up Geo. He'll, he'll let you borrow it. See? He, he made a promise, right? I, I made a promise. He made a promise. So just a heads up, you know, pick up. There's some there's some uh, excellent games on there and games that you just cannot get anywhere else. For example, a game that I got, uh, I'd say, I don't know, half a year or a year ago, um, give or take, probably about a year ago. Ogre Battle 64 uh, on the Wii U uh, virtual console. So I picked that up and that is actually the only place you can get it. Other than Nintendo 64. So, you know, there's there's some games that you just cannot get anywhere else other than these eShops. And and that's that's the biggest thing, right? Like, the Wii U potentially has very little games to even be concerned about, you know, aside from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. That's pretty much the only thing they really have left to port over if they're going to do anything. The 3DS being uh, closed down, that is a huge and massive, massive library. So... Once they stop taking payment on that, I mean, how there is no other way to get the games, right? I mean, unless you get, can you even get, no, you can't even buy like eShop credit for it, I don't think. So that's essentially the nail in the coffin, correct? Yeah, unless you can find like a uh, redeemable game, uh, like one of those cards, prepaid cards. Right. So, yeah, it says after the termination, you'll no longer be able to add balances using credit cards and transportation e-money. I'm not sure what that is, but yeah. But the the biggest thing is is that that virtual console. So that is also a massive, you know, massive library. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So get your games now before they're done. In other news. In other news, Level 5 is now recruiting for a brand new... RPG po- pro- uh, project, my goodness. Famed Japanese development studio Level Five has revealed this morning. This morning was July seventh. This is a little bit, a little bit older, but you know, 
we're, we're letting you know. Uh, has revealed this morning that they are beginning to uh, beginning recruiting new staff for a brand new RPG project with platforms still to be determined. The developer has recently seen massive sales success in Nino Kuni MMO for the iOS and Android in Japan. Previous titles uh, that the company has developed include Professor Layton and Yo-Kai Watch. I really hope that they're working on a Nino Kuni MMO for the console. I think that would be kind of a cool. A cool experience. They would just pour what currently exists. They would not. I don't see them developing a whole nother MMO in Nunu Kuni. Sure. Yeah, that would make sense. And I'm looking at the um, what they're looking for. This says they are looking for talented individuals with the following experience. One of the things that really stand out um, that kind of make me lean that they're not going with Nino Kuni is that they're looking for 3D character design motion design uh 3d character motion designer and 3d map designer just the the aesthetic alone for nino kuni i'm not sure how much of this you really need in terms of the 3d aspect so they could be well, they could be just doing something totally different that's all 3d what are you talking about nino kuni yeah is it yeah is it yes no, it is, except for like the the movie sync sequences, which are it's very obvious that it's the hand drawn stuff. Right. Uh, but when you're doing the gameplay, that's all 3D. Yeah, I I guess I guess, but I I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like you they'd be needing to hire for that. But I guess you're right. Uh, it's it's a lot of jobs. They got uh, quickly going through them. Game director, producer, programmer, planner, 3D character designer, 3D character motion designer, 3D map designer, effect designer, user interface designer, and test player. Ooh, wow. I might. Is that Japan only? Uh, probably. Dang it. <laughs> I had to guess, yeah. Oh, man. I was going to uh, apply. The one, the one I'm a little concerned about is game director. Yeah, like they're they're looking for a game director. Do yeah, they... maybe they just have like an idea of what they would like, um, you know, or something like that. But I mean, they sh- they should have a game director on board. Mm-hmm. Like they, they should, they should have a, they should have at least a couple. So the fact that they're looking for one, uh, did 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 a higher up uh, game director leave? I'm not sure. Yeah. I do not know. Let me uh, quickly look, 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 look. Rumor: massive employee exodus recently happened at level five. That was December thirtieth, two thousand eighteen. So I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a it's a possibility. Yeah, they they probably had someone uh, less senior step up. Mm-hmm. And they need more to sort of accommodate because the less senior person that stepped up wasn't knocking it out of the park, maybe? I don't know. All right, let's get into some Monster Hunter Stories news. Uh, initial reports uh, was that Monster Hunter Stories was going to require a large download of data, which is, turns out that is incorrect. Now, the reason why this is... Uh, this is even a thing is because on the labels of the cases that says that you need <laughs> the large download or you need uh, some sort of memory card or whatever the case may be. And it's actually on, on my case as well. I could try and grab it, uh, but it essentially says you need a, a, an additional download, but you don't. 
the only download you need the only thing you need to download is any patch so and it does say that there is going to be a day one patch yeah no there definitely was a day one patch yeah but the day one patch is half a gig which is not that bad for size yeah in comparison the game itself is right around 15 gigs so Mm. yeah the, the entire game is is on the on the cartridge oh i'm sorry it's the game itself is 13 and a half gigs right where did i get 15 from i I guess that was the rumor maybe yeah i think that was the rumor that you were going to need to download something around 15 gigabytes um the digital version obviously you'll need a memory card for that but if you have the physical version the only need to do is download the day one patch Hmm. this this is actually a little confusing let's let's see here and download. What are you confused about? Well, uh, just the the breakdown of the bullets. They have these all separated out. It says yeah. physical version does not, in caps, not require any downloads or installation to start playing. Right. And then I say the digital version is thirteen and a half gigs. Right. Which, which is obvious. You need that space to download and and install. And then it says the day one patch is half a gig. Right. So, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I don't even think that the day one patch was a half a gig. I want to say it was like 300 or 400. So, but either way, it's it's nowhere near what the package says. I I, I, I could grab it. It's really just out of uh, arm's reach, but it did say that you needed 15 gigs on the actual, on the actual case. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can just not download anything and still be able to run the game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of Monster Hunter Stories 2, it has shipped over 1 million units worldwide, which is pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Or, yeah, for the second in an offshoot of the main franchise. Right. And it has been out, I don't know, maybe, uh, how, how long has it been out for? Uh, less than two oh. weeks? Yeah, way less than two weeks, and the article itself is uh, a few days old, so it's, you know, it, it's it got a week and a few days' time to tally up these numbers, and this is just for shipped, so this isn't necessarily a sell-through, mm-hmm. but my guess is it's going to easily sell the, the million copies that were shipped, and then I would say in by the end of this month, it could hit uh maybe one and a half maybe two million uh certainly by the end of the summer probably about two million and then maybe by the end of the year maybe hit three million worldwide uh speaking of hitting three million uh the bravely default series has now sold three million units worldwide now one thing i don't know it says bravely default series uh so i yes it is including the two prior games so that's yeah that seems like they're kind of like layering it in there to make it obscure as to what's been going on but i mean between the 3ds which had the two the first two bravely default games and the switch one i can only imagine that the switch one is the dominant seller yeah compared to the other two maybe the 
one had some good sales. I was going to say, it is a possibility that the first one had a decent amount of sales, but I, you're right. I think the Switch prob- version outpaced them all. And it just doesn't... I wish it had brought down the... Um, uh, broke it down in terms of what they were. Maybe that's in the link to article. This is on my Nintendo News, so it is a possibility that on Famitsu that they break it down. Unfortunately, I do not read Japanese. Let's get this translated. All right, it does not break it down, unfortunately. I I tried doing the same, and Japanese be hard. Yeah, I I mean, usually Google Translate is is really good. Um, but just they just don't break it down on here. What I can do though is look at the sales. Uh, of the first one. Bravely Default 2 has sold more than 600,000 copies. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, the original Bravely... Uh, so there's a little quote here, and this is from Wikipedia, which is grain of salt worthy. Uh, no way. I believe everything. Uh, so, according to uh, a little statement here, in July 2014, it was reported that Bravely Default had sold 1 million copies worldwide. 400,000 were sold in Japan, while 600,000 were sold overseas. So, that's in 2014, so the assumption is 1 million dedicated to the original Bravely Default. Now, Bravely Default 2, or, or what was it, Endlayer? Yep. Let me see if there's anything on that sales so the sales for that one ooh okay so by 20 april of 2017 uh the worldwide sales were 700,000 so definitely didn't sell as well as the first and for bravely default 2 it's a question mark well you got to do the maths there. So you said, uh, what were the numbers? One million and one uh, and point seven million, which means that one point three million, give or take, mm-hmm. for bravely default two. There you go. That's that's pretty good. It's very rough math. <laughs> oh, we were right, right? So the this one, it, allegedly, according to speculative numbers, it, it is selling better. It is. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. It it is, if you like JRPGs, um, the story can be kind of, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it can be kind of grindy, but I think it's well worth playing. Oh, how did I, how did I miss this in the rundown? We were talking about Monster Hunter stories too, and I completely just flew by this. That's all right. All right. One Famitsu reviewer awards Capcom Monster Hunter stories to an impressive 10 out of 10. Yeah, that person was probably, uh, I don't know, drinking something with alcohol or something. No, I, I think for the most part, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is a pretty decent game. I've seen, let me just look up Metacritic here. Actually, pull it up here. Okay, uh, 81 on Metacritic on 74 critic reviews and user score is 85. So it's a solid 8 game. Yeah, so with in case people are wondering about Famitsu, uh, I, that was a little bit of a joke when when I said they were drinking when they gave it a ten because it's not based on one reviewer. They mm. take four scores from four different people 
each of them scoring one through ten, and then they tally it all up, and that's what they a- essentially average those scores together, and that's the final score. Right. Uh, so in this instance, uh, uh, Monster Hunter Stories Two got a nine, a nine, a ten, and an eight, which translates to a straight nine. There you go. So if anyone says it gave it a perfect 10, that's just one person out. That That's like 25% of the review. So it's like they're they're trying to polish something, make it look shinier. It's like the, you know, hey, this thing I'm selling you is $9.99. And they just say, oh, yeah, it's only $9. When in actuality, no, it's not. It's 10 bucks. It is still a good game. <laughs> it is a great game. It is a great game. It definitely has a, a worthy score. Very worthy. And I'll be playing that next. All right. Uh, because of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Monolith Soft's profits grew 138.2%. Wow. As it should. Wow. I mean, well, I know. They made, they, made uh, they listed the number, too. Uh, mm-hmm. For the fiscal year, they made 10.67%. All right, let me just say 10.6 million. That's that's a big number. It is a big number. That's yeah. real good. Isn't yeah. their uh, their numbers like uh their staff numbers was under 100 for a while and then they started to go on this massive hiring spree? Yeah, they went on this and we've been talking about it. they've gone on to this, you know, massive hiring spree um with a lot of rumors circulating that they're working on multiple probably two projects right now. Uh, with with the way they've expanded, I think they've even bought different buildings. Um, so there's some massive growth going on at Monolith Soft, and and I'm glad that Nintendo has part of that because um, I w- I don't know that I'd want to see that in other people's hands right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's real good. It's a re- it's a essentially a remake, remaster, like a really good remaster, HD remaster type thing for an already existing game and it netted them a massive profit, which is great and hopefully that is going to be dumped into whatever project or projects that they're working on and we get to see it sooner rather than later because it's been quite some time. It has been quite some time. Not I mean I wasn't I know I'm in the very I'm in the minority here where I didn't enjoy Xenoblade Chronicles the OG one. Um, I did enjoy Xenoblade Chronicles two. So this the remaster was was kind of meh to me. So I'm really I and then there's been so much speculation about Monolith Soft and and what they're working on. I just really hope that we finally start to get to see something and we just haven't yet. All right, Persona 25th anniversary website has been launched and a possible seven new projects projects have been teased. Now, again, you, you want to talk about take this with a grain of salt. Let's, let me just read here. The acclaimed Persona series will be celebrating its 25th anniversary in September. And as such, Atlas has big plans for the franchise, including merchandise collaborations and, of course, games. The 25th anniversary website has gone live, and it seems that the team at Atlas are preparing for seven projects for the beloved Japanese series. And both Atlas Japan and Atlas West say to be on the look. Uh, play, Atlas West 
say to please look forward to it. Now, I, I there are seven projects. It doesn't necessarily mean they're all games. Okay, I, I think we'll probably be seeing some anime, uh, potentially a movie. I think we'll be seeing some of that as well. So, again, I and probably also some mobile titles. Maybe we'll see, you know, th those are the, some of the games we'll get. But, yeah, definitely, definitely something film-related, I think. Uh, yeah, cool. More uh, pers Persona stuff. Uh, certainly at least one of them is going to be a game because that ties into bum, ba, da, bum. Atlas. <laughs> Atlas is mass recruiting new staff for Persona 6 and the plan is to surpass the acclaimed Persona 5. So they're making big statements, very big statements. They want to Right now, a lot of people are tooting uh, Persona 5 as the the big old uh, one to beat, or Persona 4, or Persona 3. Pretty much 3, 4, and 5 are have all been like major hits mm -hmm. across the board, uh, with 5 picking up probably the most in sales. And, uh, you know, they have an upward trajectory, and they want to maintain that, and they apparently are getting ambitious, hopefully. I mean, an ambition uh, in, in game design is a good thing, right? Yeah. So I'd, rather, I'd rather see, you know, developers take chances uh, with their franchises and be risque. Mm -hmm. things, right? I mean, just look what happened with Breath of the Wild, right? You want to talk about risque, they, like, threw everything out the window, and, like, we're going back to square one, and then throwing that out the window and doing our own thing. <laughs> um, one, one thing I hope, they, if they want to, like you would mention, keep that upwards trajectory, they need to put Persona 5 on the Switch. That would, the sales for that loan would, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing where that would fall in line in terms of the other sales. I think it would do really, really well. Yeah. And they, they're also hiring a lot. A lot. They got it looks like three different production teams. And and then there's Atlas, who is also hiring for mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of different things. And then so those three production teams, each hiring different positions. And then the core of Atlas hi hiring its own separate general affairs, human resources type positions. Mm -hmm. All three of the production teams are obviously looking for programmers because you always need programmers because that's like the core of the thing is the programmer. Uh, so yeah, a lot of work here. That that this is a lot of hiring. I I see six on one production team, six for another production team, seven on another production team, not including the programmers. That's that's a lot. <laughs> or the planners, of which they have two different planners. A they system a planner and a scenario planner for each production team. This is insane. That is, uh, let's see, nine at a minimum for each team, except for one of them being 10. So that's uh, plus Atlas. That's like over 30 positions. Well over 30. Close to 40, maybe more than 40. Wow. That's a lot. Certainly is. You know, it's... It maybe they're really gearing up for this 25th anniversary. You know, like, Nintendo should be gearing up for Zelda's 30th anniversary. And they did. And they did. They did not. Did you. Did. How? 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 Tell me. Explain to me. 
I'm sorry, did you not watch the same E3 presentation I did? <sighs> that that was that was the the Zelda 30th anniversary. Are you uh, kidding me right now? We got Come Breath of the Wild 2 trailer that lasted for like a minute. <laughs> the best minute. You should be happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I am happy. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm being ungrateful. I am I'm I'm happy they're doing Breath of the Wild 2. But c- come on, like give give me some more. All right, I got the Game and Watch uh, Zelda thing coming in. That's fine, you know. Uh, Skyward Sword, whatever. Zelda Joy Cons, whatever. Amiibos, all this stuff. More. I want more. Oh, gee, you're so greedy. I am greedy. I, I'm very Zelda greedy. All right, you want to talk about fiasco? My goodness, this this next one, uh, Neo: The World Ends with You, has leaked early due to the Square Enix store sending early codes. The North American Switch owners who have pre-ordered the long-awaited Neo: The World Ends with You from the Square Enix store have had download codes for the full game email them to uh, email to them early. Uh, Neo: The World Ends with You isn't scheduled to be released on the Switch until the 27th. It seems, though, as codes were meant to be contain pre-order bonuses, but they were the full game. Oops. Wow. <laughs> um, they're actually... They're, they're, it's not linked here, but there is an update to this. Uh, they've, uh, they've essentially... Uh, there was a little bit of a workaround with, with this, where you just put your, your Switch into airplane mode or whatever, and you could continue playing the game. But once you connected to that great old internet, they blocked you. They, they totally... Uh, again, I'd, I'd have to find... Ah, right here. Here's, here's an update from Kotaku. Um, let me see if I can find something. Oh yeah, Nintendo have remotely revoked all digital licenses for the game after Square Enix accidentally sold eShop codes early. So, you want to talk about the reason why I like and prefer physical over digital? There you go. They could essentially just block you so easily. It's so easy for them to just block you from playing the game. Yeah, go physical, people. Like, that's the lesson to be learned here. Go physical. But wow, yeah, what a what a major major uh, blunder here. Um, and it says here another further update. Nintendo has claimed responsibility for leaking the game early, so they're taking the blame away from Square Enix, which is interesting. Okay, all right, that is interesting. Oh man! All right, so we got our new nintendo switch online collections three more new games aren't you so excited for these three new games that we're getting oh you you've never really heard of the games uh i looked into them (laughs) oh man uh they're so bad yeah so we get uh on the 28th we get claymates which i've heard of never played of it played it but yeah we get claymates jelly boy and bomb bomboozle yeah. Now I'm a pretty big Super Nintendo. I think of all the Nintendo consoles, Super Nintendo is my favorite, right? I have heard of one of these games. And f- recently the the games that are coming in for Nintendo Switch Online have only been Super Nintendo. I think they've exhausted the Nintendo um the Nintendo library in terms of what they're going to provide. And what they're giving for 
for us on the Super Nintendo library is not so good. It's and I'm hard. and I'm I'm guessing that a lot of it is tied up in licensing and and whatnot, which is fine. I I get I get that, but there are better choices, man. There are way better. Like instead of Clay Mates, how about Clay Fighter? Like I would I would accept that. I mean I I really enjoyed that that one there. Um, but Nintendo Switch Online in Japan, they get an actual RPG. They get Shimigami Tensei If I think I think that's I've never I've never heard of it, but they actually get an SMT game. The original SMT. Oh man, what a slap in the face for us. I mean, I, it's it's free, I guess, so you can't really complain. But man, there are just so many better games that we could be getting up from the Super Nintendo. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We could. <sighs> so bad. We, we should just move on. This is an insult. It's a, that's a it's an insult. You know what, though? I will say this. I do like. With the Switch Online stuff, I do like this whole Tetris, you know, 99 thing, or uh, Pac-Man. Uh, Pac-Man 90, was it 99? I don't, that Pac-Man event? Whatever it is, it's awesome. I, I played a lot of that one, uh, played a lot of the Tetris 99. I like those things. Those things mm. are cool. Is it enough? I, I'm fine. I'm content with it. I think what it... What it really needs is more games like Smash Brothers or Mario Kart or something like that. Some big or Splatoon, some big time multiplayer sort of games that are going to actually utilize it. Along with voice chat. Get his voice chat built in. No stupid phone app. Please voice chat. Who who wants to talk to people in a multiplayer game where you need to know where everyone is and talk to everyone? (laughs) Please, please. Come on. Uh, speaking of kind of multiplayer games where, you know, voice chat would be really, really important. Um, I think it would be important. I don't know. I don't really typically play these games. Uh, yeah. this is, this is, this is your avenue here. It totally would. So, uh, Pokemon Unite, that, uh, League of Legends style, uh, game with a Pokemon twist is now available. Everyone rejoice. You Woo! can get it. And it's, I believe it's free. It should be free to play. Uh, it should should be should be uh and yeah go ahead download it it has crossplay compatibility between the switch and other mobile devices out there and you can play league of legends but with the pokemon coat of paint ain't that fun <laughs> uh, i don't know <laughs> but it's going to be good i just don't know if it's going to be like great yeah yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's if is it a free to play game? I gotta I gotta look look that up. They usually are. Uh, it's it's the uh, they're essentially using the same engine that like um, what was that game? Something Arena, like Astral Arena or something like that. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot what it's called, but it, it's the same thing. It's that League of Legends sort of copy and paste type of thing but they changed the name a little bit and maybe some of the characters yeah and they, they slap it on uh on the switch i mean it's on switch i actually played played a, a decent number of matches on it that was free to play it, it, it was, is the game is free to play yeah yeah so it's it's gonna play like like those games and they play real good solid type of things uh 
So I'm guessing the Pokemon game is going to be similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's just, is there going to be like long term depth and stuff to it? Whatever. It's free to play. So get it and play it. And then if it doesn't tickle your fancy anymore, stop playing. Simple you know, as that. You know, it's funny. Like, I, we totally, I totally did not plan it this way, but I'm looking at, I'm actually on Nintendo.com and I'm looking at their. Uh, looking at that game, Pokemon Unite, and you go, you just go to the description or whatever. And it's got bullet points. Uh, one of the bullet points: uh, communication is key. Even the most skilled trainers recognize how important communication is to their team's success. Leverage signals, quick chat messages, and for the first time in Pokemon, in a Pokemon title, voice chat to communicate and stay in sync with your team. Cross-platform play: play with trainers around the world on the Nintendo Switch system or on a compatible smartphone. Uh, so, well, yeah, it's just it's just funny that they are uh, <laughs> they're, they're they want this voice chat, and you just got to use use a phone. I actually, I they might actually have because uh, what is that big game Fortnite? They have voice chat built into Fortnite. So, okay, how and there's other they they don't use the app; they just built it in. So, do you need? I, I'm a Fortnite noob, okay. So this is this is the first time I'm hearing this. So do you just plug in a headset with microphone into the actual console? Um, I think you'd use a maybe a USB mic. I don't I don't know how it works. I could I could be very wrong on this. I'm not gonna <laughs> sort of you know plant my flag and and die on this hill. But I could have sworn. They put in that functionality in there so that you could chat, voice chat within within the game, whether it be through like USB uh, microphone or some other like connection. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know. Okay. And I could be very wrong. I could be very wrong. <laughs> um. Yeah. Obviously, we don't play the Fortnites. So. Well, yeah, I played it for a little bit. <laughs> But I never like did the voice chat stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't plan on ever ever playing it. All right, let's go to Rumorland. It's a lovely little place. Wait, we got to do that. I I still don't add the sound effects. It's, I don't know. I I gotta find something. Anyway, um, a remake of the Fire Emblem game is almost complete. Didn't we think this was coming for E3? Yes, we did. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Oh man. Oh. Uh, true though <laughs> all right my nintendo.com you may recall that back in april rumors surfaced that remakes of fire emblem path of radiance and fire emblem radiant dawn were being made for the nintendo switch although the rumors credibility has since been called into question another fire emblem radi- related rumor of a similar type has now appeared <laughs> it's good news for you right it's the one i wanted all right let's uh which which one is it at genealogy of the holy war oh or the burning blade are you sure th- are you sure this is not you writing this article no i didn't write this uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> genealogy of the holy war is the fourth fire emblem and it's the we talked about this it's the highest rated fire emblem with three houses being the second highest rated one According to, I don't know, some Famitsu or Japanese audience type of rating thing that they did. Uh, there was a list somewhere mm. at some point that you and I discussed, and this game was the number one. So, and I've never played it. 
I'm jonesing for it. I'm jonesing. Remake it. Remake it. Bring it to Switch. Yes. Now, now, would you, you so you don't want a direct port? You want like a a remaster or kind of a reboot? What, what do you What are you calling for here? A complete remake. Just, uh, I think the only thing that's redeemable about uh, the original genealogy is the story. Uh, definitely save that and and fix whatever parts of the story that need to be fixed. But for the most part, keep it you know mostly intact because that gets lots of praise for what it for what it did. And the other bit is there were some it was more RPG s in uh, in genealogy of the Holy War. The maps were way bigger. There was more exploration that you could do in the maps. You could actually go into uh castles in the middle while in the middle of of a map and battling and, and fighting enemies you can go into the castle and do like managerial type stuff then leave the castle and go back out like go into the castle buy new weapons and items and stuff like that leave the castle then you know continue on your merry way slaughtering people like crazy <laughs> Oh man, I I mean I'm I'm excited for a Fire Emblem. So whether it's you know the one that you want or any a new one, whatever, I'm 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 all for it. Uh, brand new, I'm 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 for that too. So completely brand new. And if they are gonna remake one, I want it to be this one, Genealogy of the Holy War. I've already played uh, the other two that was rumored that you said Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Well, technically I didn't play Radiant Dawn, but I played Path of Radiance and beat it and i don't want to relive that experience because <laughs> it's one and done uh, three houses is just a definitive fire emblem game so i just want to mm-hmm. start from there and move forward yeah and, and that's why i said and you've said that before and that's why i have said maybe a new one um moreover than a remake of an older game well that's why Genealogy of a Holy War does do some unique stuff that no other Fire Emblem game has done gameplay-wise. So, okay. hey, with them remaking this one. Right, so it's got some redeeming kind of qualities. Yeah, and even the second Fire Emblem, which they did remake, uh, Shadows of Valencia. Okay. That one was very... Uh, it was also known as Fire Emblem Gaiden. Uh, that also had some very unique things about it, and then they remade it, and it play, it definitely does play differently. It, once again, it goes deeper into the RPG side of things. Um, so, and that released, and that did real good. But once again, you know, Three Houses is the definitive Fire Emblem experience. So, yeah, cool. Uh, like I said, we've we've talked about this. During E3, uh, I think you and I predicted predicted it would come out, and it didn't. All right, now we have Square Enix saying that Final Fantasy X3 story synapsis exists. It is a thing, and it's a possibility a game could be made from it in the future. Uh, Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu has chatted with Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts character designer... Tetsuya Nomura, and uh, this is, I, I'm not going to say that one, uh, and Nojima, uh, who is the scenario writer for the original Final Fantasy X, or ten, whatever you want to say. Um, they told, basically, that they have a story script for a third game, okay, um, and there's a slim possibility that they could work on it as well. Uh, Final Fantasy X lead 
Motomo Toriyama also spoke to Famitsu and confessed that nothing will happen while they are working on a continuation of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So they just need to stop it. I mean, I don't see the problem here. Uh, just stop your uh, Final Fantasy VII Remakes and uh, make Final Fantasy X3. Yeah, they're not doing that. No, they, they, I don't, I mean, I don't understand why they would just give that to a different, I mean, obviously keep it Square Enix, but just give it to someone else to push that along. Uh, look, just because you have a story synopsis doesn't mean you should use or build an entire production team around, you know, making a game based on that synopsis because it's, X3. It won't be as good as X2, and it certainly won't be as good as X. Yeah. I mean, some so, people prefer uh, X2 over X. So, I mean, it w- either either way, I mean, you're right. It's a potentially X3 may not be as good as those two. Well, well X2 is kind of like a spinoff. It wasn't really... Yeah. It, it definitely didn't didn't feel like a legitimate long-running Final Fantasy type of thing. Something that you typically get with a numbered Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. It felt exactly what it is, a side story type of spinoff. And that's it. So, well, ah, Do you want well, a spinoff of a spinoff? But... Whatever. Alright. You just totally just ruined my day. Look, I... Here, here, look, they even said it themselves. It's either this... Or Final Fantasy VII Remake. I that... want Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nope, I don't. What? I don't have a PS4 or 5, so I don't even care. Uh, but you care about Final Fa- uh, uh, a hypothetical Final Fantasy X3? Yep. Did you yes, even I... play X? Yes, I played X. Did you play X2? Yes. And you liked it? I liked X. I did not like Blitzball, but I liked X. I said X2. Did you like X2? No, that's that doesn't matter. That that does <laughs> right. not that does not matter. I want I want an accessible Final Fantasy game is really what I want. Bottom bottom line, you know. Well, that's, that's what Final Fantasy 15 is, and that's what Final Fantasy 16 is going to be. Yeah, did Final Fantasy 15 is not a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> what do you mean it's not a Final? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of hope. I, I see my my hope and my my plan is that X three would be going back to their turn based systems. Oof. That that's that's my that's my thing. They, you know what they should do? They should just scrap all of these, including Final Fantasy seven remake, and just do Final Fantasy Tactics Ultimate. <laughs> edition thing whatever whatever it is that they want to call it because i know they made final fantasy tactics advance and final fantasy tactics advance 2 let's just call it final fantasy tactics 2 how about that all right just nice and easy the actual sequel to final fantasy tactics let's do it let's go just full-blown let let make disgaea eat its heart out come on let's do it (laughs) so so you you want even more simple not i i guess simple is the wrong Wrong word. Is it simple, hey, yeah. No, way wrong. Uh, that's probably the most complex combat system that any Final Fantasy game has. Is Final Fantasy Tactics? 
I, I just, I'm done with the these newer... I'm too old for this, man. But in too... a good way. It's complex in a good way. Because yes. it gives you... It gives no. you the finest of tactical wine. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what I'm what I was getting at is that these newer Final Fantasies ain't like my fan, Final Fantasies used to be. Is is what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because they sprinkled in some action because action be good. Well, oh, I I guess. Well, the the last turn based iteration was ten and ten two. So, well, technically. 11 and 14 and kind of 12. Yeah, 12 is your your active time battle. That's where that's where the change really happens. You know, 11 is your MMO. So 11's based on it's a, very similar to what 12 was doing and yeah. they kind of spun off. They they both kind of like had in tandem and then they separated and became their own things. But yeah, and they are they are off of a timing sequence. It just happens in real time. Mm-hmm. Or time. So, and 14 has that same kind of thing going on where, but I mean, they're MMOs. So you have to give them a little bit of excuse. But anyway, we have like, how many Final Fantasies is that? 13 all the way back to Final Fantasy 1 have all been turn-based pretty much. Can you can you just allow like a third real you know like action RPG from Final Fantasy? No, I don't allow it. Because even even Final Fantasy fifteen and seven, and or seven remake, I meant, and and likely sixteen. So technically, there's only one that's kind of action, which is fifteen, and then there's seven remake, which is also kind of action. You could still play it like a turn-based one, so it's kind of like a hybrid type thing. But let's just say it's action. There's only two action Final Fantasy games. And one of them is a remake, so it doesn't even count. That's too many. So technically, there's just one. Come on. It's too many, man. Too many? It's too many. Too many. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, the story exists. Just, Just do it. It can't be that hard. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> Got the story. It's like halfway done. It's like half. It's it's there, man. It's it's just put put on a disc. Um, all right. All right. Uh, Metroid Dread producer teases fans and says he hopes that they look forward to the future episodes. Hmm. Yeah, because obviously Metroid ain't gonna be dead with Dread. It's Whoa. Been- yeah, blew your mind, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's essentially what he's saying i mean obviously nintendo is not going to drop the metroid franchise even though they stated that this is the end of that story saga with the metroids or some definitive end to it which is fine mm-hmm. i was i mean honestly i thought fusion was probably going to be the end to the story but i'm glad that they are keeping it along for at least one more iteration with that sort of story of the metroids and of samus saving killing eradicating and then saving the metroids (laughs) (laughs) there's a love-hate relationship going on with her and then also like some confusion about babies and metroids being her baby or something like that yeah that's a little convoluted there but it's going to continue in some form or fashion my guess is they can the obvious answer is that they can easily go you know pre 
Metroids or in between uh, major episodes like Prime. Prime yeah. takes place in between Metroid 1 and Metroid 2. So in between those two games is pretty much the entire Prime series. So they could do something like that again. Obviously, they can't do it in between Metroid 2 and Metroid 3. That can't be touched because those two flow into each other uh, timeline-wise in sequence. So they kind of really can't tamper with that. And then kind of the same thing between Metroid um, uh, 3, which is Super Metroid, and Other M. They kind of can't really interject too much in there because those two kind of flow well with each other. Uh, but in between after Other M and before the events that happened just prior to the events of Metroid Fusion, there's wiggle room in there too. I'm, I'm trying to find like a timeline map here, like a, like a good image of one. All right. The timeline is all the Metroid games, the numbered ones, they are in sequence timeline wise. So Metroid 1 happens, then Metroid 2 happens, then Metroid 3, which is Super Metroid, mm-hmm. then Metroid 4, which is Metroid Fusion, and now Metroid 5, which is Metroid Dread, which is coming out in just a few months. That is obviously after Metroid Fusion. So if they're numbered, they are in order. The only ones that are out of order are the ones that are not numbered and usually have some subtitle after it. Or or different naming scheme like Metroid Prime or Metroid Other M. I just I would just really like to see, um, like maybe I guess maybe a prequel. Uh, and I think were were you were you saying that? Well, yeah, that's that's essentially what Prime is. Prime is kind of a prequel, kind of. I mean, it's a a one point five. Yeah. I mean, what I'd like to see is other other people, NPCs, you know, some uh, relationship type of stuff, like her actually talking or something they, to that effect. They got that in, uh, all right, first off, they got that in Metroid 4, Metroid Fusion, they got that. They also have that in the Metroid Prime Trilogy. Speaking of Metroid Prime Trilogy. Where's that? So another, the last bit of a uh, rumor that we have is that uh, Venture Beat journalist Jeff Grubb claims that Metroid Prime Trilogy HD is ready to go. Nintendo working out best time to release the game. Yeah, they, they don't want to, if they, if this is indeed true, um, they, they don't want to overshadow Metroid Dread. Uh, so they'll, they'll probably wait for its release and then potentially announce this. So what they're doing is they're doing um, Metroid's anniversary better than they are Zelda's anniversary. Thank you. Well, if you're <laughs> releasing a new game in the series, whatever series it is, on the on the the year of their anniversary, then yeah, you're doing that franchise real good. Mm-hmm. And with Metroid Pro- with Metroid in general, right? Doing Metroid Five, Metroid Dread. On the year, on the uh, 35th year, right? Excellent. I'm happy camper. I ain't complaining. I'm all good. And we've heard about this Metroid Trilogy HD type thing for a long time. And for me, it makes absolute sense to release it just prior, I would say six months to one year prior to Metroid Prime 4. So 
you know, us not seeing or hearing anything about a Metroid Prime trilogy for me or, or an HD remake uh, of sorts of it makes sense because Metroid Prime 4 is so far away. This game, this hypothetical Prime trilogy HD uh, would have been a real thing if Metroid Prime 4 was ready sooner. Sure. To me, that, that's what it seems like. If Prime 4 was ready, you know, if it didn't get such heavy delays and, and they had to start it over from scratch again, we probably already would have had Metroid Prime Trilogy HD in our hands. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a timing timing issues. Yeah. And by the way, they could charge $120 for that, Nintendo. I will pay it for Metroid you, Prime Trilogy. You will pay it for, you'll buy it for me then. No, no, I, I would, is, I would not buy it for that much unless it is so good. Is so good. Unless so good. there was a collector's edition, Geo does like the collector's editions. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you this right now, Metroid Prime Trilogy. Any one of those games is worth sixty dollars. Just one. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, getting three. You know how the peoples are, right? You know how the oh, it's an old game. I'm not paying this much for like. This just there's it's a sixty dollar game because if it's any more than that, people are just gonna complain. They they just don't know how good Metroid Prime trilogy is and how good the Metroid Prime games are. And if they just port the game over, just port it, fine. Sixty dollar price tag. If they are adding and enhancing the graphics in any which way, shape, or form, are you kidding me? Charge me more. I will pay it. I will pay it. Yeah. They they could put if there's a little more like if there's a Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition treatment for this. Okay, so they they've revamped the graphics, they've added a lot of quality of life types of stuff. If there's that kind of treatment, they might even do it separately. It might not be a trilogy. They could release them separately, maybe charge, you know, um yeah, maybe forty dollars. So yeah, you're looking at about uh, that. They wouldn't do that. No, that, that's nah. They definitely wouldn't. I mean, they want to get it all out in one shot. If they release it separately, that means the tightest they could release them is in six month iterations, which means. We're well, I mean, at- I mean, like purchasable separate. You know, it's not necessarily a trilogy. Like it's available for what is it? The is it the GameCube that it's a trilogy? No, 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 the Wii. The Wii. I'm sorry. Um. So not necessarily in one package, but, you know, just, all right, here's the three of them. You can purchase them separately. That sort of deal. Uh, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. It, it's going to be a $60 package. I know I'm saying, like, oh, charge me $120 yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's going to be a $60 package. It will be all three games all in one because the reason why they want to do this is in preparation for Metroid Prime 4. Mm-hmm. It has a 4 on it. People are going to be like, what's one, two, and three all about? And they, they need to pre-prepare for that. So that's, that's why it's a gimme that it's going to be. But no one should be complaining at all if it's $60. You complain, you, you get a smack. Oh, oh. You get a smack. I ain't going to go. By Just who? a smack. <laughs> I, 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 hey, I'm buying it, so you can't, can't complain. I can, I'm not going to complain. 
All right, let's leave rumor land for a little bit. Um, a little bit, because this is still potentially rumor, rumor land. Uh, Nintendo president says company is considering possible future mini consoles. Uh, question and answer session at today's, or this general meeting of the shareholders held by Nintendo, President Shuntaro Furukawa, sorry if I butchered that, has revealed that the company is considering the possibility of more mini retro systems. Uh, so we have the Nintendo regular Nintendo Mini Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic Mini, and they were very successful. In fact, sometimes they're pretty, even now, uh, hard hard to find. And uh, so they, they totally get that it's it's something that people really, really want out there. So I, I totally understand um, understand this. Now, here's my thing. What would be next? Would it be the Nintendo 64 and we get to play the three good games that are on it? Or would it be... I, would, I was thinking, not three, even... What's that? Three good games. Uh, I'm sorry. Four good games. Four. It, so what I was thinking is not the Nintendo 64 at all, not even a uh, traditional console, but maybe something like a Game Boy um, or uh, Game Boy Color, uh, that sort of sort of thing. You deserve a smack. What? You cannot smack me remotely. <laughs> Someone should. <laughs> uh, it's been well documented that I am not the biggest fan of the N64. Yeah, that's it. However, if we're going like in order of release, then yeah, a Game Boy. I'm kind of with you. Yeah. Kind of with. Kind of with me. All right, so. I could see them potentially doing an N64. All right, let's go over some of the games that could potentially go on. You got the Mario 64. You got the Ocarina of Time. Majora's Mask. <laughs> uh, okay, so you can go Smash Brothers. You can go Mario Kart. You can go... That's it. GoldenEye, maybe? Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. 1080 Snowboarding. Um, Wave Race. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think at that point you're already kind of in the mix for games that are okay. Star Fox, again, are you you're in the F Zero. Okay, they're okay hey, games. Keep go. Did I say Perfect Dark yet? Because if I haven't, I'll say it again. Because that <laughs> that right there is you, so amazing. You, you did mention that game, yeah. Well, Perfect Dark again. All right, Banjo Kazooie one and two. Right. Maybe, maybe Donkey Kong 64. Some people are wishy-washy on that. You know what? Put Donkey Kong in there. He's still good. <laughs> and and I've already mentioned this game, but I'm going to mention it again because now it's the perfect time. Ogre Battle 64. Yes, please. Uh, so how many yes. games did we mention? Maybe like a dozen? And that's, the... like, that's like 15 games right there. I don't maybe. know. That's not... awesome. 15 games? Look, if it's a dozen, what what would be the limit for you? Would you be happy with just a dozen? Because, I mean, we're talking a dozen excellent games. I I would be happy with that. Because I tell you what, I mean, what happened with the, the Nintendo mini console and the Super Nintendo mini console is they just broke it. Um, so you could just put whatever you want on there. So you could potentially get the whole library on there anyway. So it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think you could, in Johnny's world, you could get a, a dozen to 15 games on there. Oh, you could, there's way more than just those <laughs> that were mentioned. Uh, I mean, Turok, Turok 2 are both excellent games. Not as good as Perfect Dark or Goldeneye, but oh man, those games are good. Yeah. Okay. There, there's more. I mean, there are some really. I'm certain Doom would probably be on there. I mean, there, there's been a lot of Doomy style games like uh, Hexen and. Let others. me just look up some of these games here. There's so many good. Uh, there's uh, so many good N64 games. Oh, uh, yes. There's your Ogre Battle 64. Right there. I mean, you, we're talking creme of the creme. You didn't even mention some of these fighting games. Well, we mentioned Smash Brothers, but. Uh, we got Killer Instinct Gold. Remember how terrible that was? And Mortal Kombat Trilogy, probably one of oh, the worst Mortal Kombat's. On that, that was on that was on other <laughs> consoles as well. So you can't blame the N sixty four on on those <laughs> games. Okay? I can and I will. Oh, that makes you just malicious yes. or or like. Yeah, but you yeah you mentioned Wave Race. You didn't mention any of the Pokemon games. Um, Paper Mario, eh, it's not the better Paper oh, Mario. Oh, Paper Mario, how could I forget? That one's excellent. Absolutely excellent. I mentioned Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Mario Tennis is alright. Uh, well, pretty much the Mario sports games are all uh, decent enough. Blast Corpse was pretty good. I don't, I don't know if that one would hold up in recent time, but it is good. Uh, Beetle Venture Racing was really good. Uh, I mean, there's... Alright, WWF No Mercy. That game was revolutionary for for wrestling games. I'd, I'm not even a wrestling fan, and that game was good. I still prefer my Super Nintendo uh, Royal Rumble, uh, so... Oh, that is a really good one. Yeah. I, I do remember that game. It was really good. The, uh, also, uh, Excite Bike 64 was excellent. Diddy Kong Racing was really good. That game was hard, too. Mm. Real good. Mm. Uh, Rogue Squadron. You want to talk about... An excellent game right there, Rogue Squadron. Just really good stuff. I mean, just in first party games alone, they could fill up pretty pretty decent amount. So Yeah. There's there are oh, Jeff Bush Gemini. Ah that's another good game. There's so <laughs> many good games. So many good games. Castlevania. How can I forget about Castlevania sixty four? Because it's not good. It is good. <sighs> it gets a bad rap because it released after Symphony of Night, but it is a good game. They did Castlevania proper for like a traditional Castlevania game in 3D. They did it real good in Castlevania 64. So mm-hmm. all you naysayers out there, come on. <laughs> come on. Seriously, like I know it's not Symphony of the Night. I get it. But it it is real good. And I did mention I did mention Game Boy, right? So I'm just kind of looking at their games. And I don't know that these would would stand up, to be honest with you. So, I mean, maybe I should take that back. Yeah, there aren't too many on Game Boy. I mean, you got got, uh, Link's Awakening, which we already have a remake of. That's Hmm. definitive. We got the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. And then after that... What do we got? We got like Mario versus Donkey Kong. You didn't say Tetris, so Tetris is a thing. Uh, Wario Land, uh, Kirby's Dream Land. I I played so much of Kirby's Dream Land on there. Uh, Mario Picross. 
the just the and Mario Land series in in general. A, a Picross game, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's Pick- not like we can play a Picross game like everywhere. I don't want to hear it. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure game. So you got the what is that? Uh, that's Ooh. basically Secret of uh, not Secret of Man. It's one of the first Mana games. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure Two, I think, is the one. Ooh, uh, you're 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 digging up the creme of the creme, huh? Mm. Big guns. That's the biggest guns possible. Castlevania Two. Uh, yeah, not so good. Not so good. Metroid Two. Um, you know we had a remake of that one, which was better. Way better. Um, okay. Just just forget I said anything about Game Boy. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. let's just let's just just I'll I'll delete it. Okay. Won't even Game- mention it. Game Boy didn't get good until Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Yeah. All right, maybe maybe we'll see that. The Game Boy family. That might be too much. I'm asking way too much. All right. <laughs> That's too soon. Cause, I mean, the whole Game Boy Advance stuff is post-2000. Yeah. And at least with the N64, it's still back in the 90s. It's still, you know, retro. Years old. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get on to the Skyward Sword thing. That Why, why are we talking about Skyward Sword? Uh, well, we could go through it real quick because it, it actually released. It's out now. It it is out, but All is right. it? It's it's is it an RPG? You know what? It is. It is classified on uh, some places as an RPG, and it's Skyward Sword, which is probably the most linear Zelda game ever made, and they classify it as an RPG. So I just want to throw that out there. I just want to throw that out there for all you naysayers. <laughs> right, we have the, probably the least RPG Zelda game in the series, getting an RPG genre slapped Ta- onto it. So yeah, it, it's it's not tagged as an RPG on Nintendo website, but as uh, as you said, if you look at Nintendo of Japan, you might find something a bit different. Say what? It's either Japan or Europe. But it's one of them. All right, doing a little bit of the uh, yeah. you do the talky talky. I'll do the looky looky. So the game's out. It's gotten reviews uh, all over the place. People have assessed the quality of life improvements and the motion controls and the adaptation of the motion controls to physical controls. And for the most part, everything's good. Uh, Some of it, not so great, but uh, the quality of life stuff is definitely good because it kind of eliminates a lot of the uh, I forgot I told you this item description before stuff so that's gone so now it actually remembers that was probably the most annoying part was just oodles and oodles of text non-stop uh some of the other things is like npcs instead of stopping you when you run by them and telling you stuff they'll just have a bubble a quest bubble over their head so that you have to actually go up to them in order to trigger the quest so stuff like that now happens which is all like nice as as I said, quality of life improvements that they've made to the game throughout. So all those things very much appreciated. And of course, you can play the game without doing uh, the motion controls. You'll control the sword using the right stick, uh, but you have to. I believe you have to hold another button down in order to either move the sword or you have to hold the button down in order to move the camera. I forgot which one was which. And I think it's the L button uh, that you have to do that on. Something like that. I could be getting this kind of wrong. Maybe it's the No, I, I had heard that there was some issues with the camera and, and sword play. So I, I think you're on the right track, at least. 
But you know what? I would say play the game with the motion controls. You'll be surprised at how fun it actually is to sort of do your little horizontal vertical slashes and it I say it in in the spirit of play the game how it was originally intended and designed to be played which is with these motion controls and it does work and it is a fun experience and just know that when you go back to Breath of the Wild 2 that hey you don't have to do the motion controls uh, to swing your sword ever again, right? But for that one Zelda experience that says that where you want to actually physically swing your arm around, this is it. This is the definitive experience, and it is real good, and the story is real good too. It's, I'm and just, it's got really good dungeons. If you want like the classic Zelda style dungeons? It's got them. That's the biggest redeeming quality. Dungeons are are back, or I, they're not back, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And these are probably some of some of the strongest uh, in the series. They are very some of them very elaborate, very intricate in design, uh, really cool stuff. So uh, I wouldn't say that they are the the best. I actually kind of like um, a link to the past dungeons. I just like how like maze like they can be and how uh, big in scale. And right. I, I like the key. The key design system that they got in the in those games, the earlier Zelda games, where where a lot of the puzzle elements were designed to like getting the key and using the key. Yeah, type. I but, saw yeah. I saw on the in- internet, um, someone had because you can play Breath of the Wild on the PC via emulation or however it's played. I have no idea. Someone had done an add-on or some or an expansion to include dungeons in breath of the wild where you need the key it's got the chests so i think you should probably check that out it looked pretty interesting uh, don't get me wrong i like all the zelda dungeons uh and i really like what they did in breath of the wild so i'm, I'm just a fan of all of it it's yeah. all good so I, i'm not i'm not one to really complain one way or the other and give especially to you geo <laughs> give skyward sword a chance it deserves it. Oh, I, I just need, I would need so much room to, to do my activities. You wouldn't, you just, you sit down and you play and you don't even have to like move your arm that much. You can just move your wrist. That's it. I got to move my whole body. You could do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so that's the, uh, Skyward Sword, essentially, content in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is, what, like uh, 82-ish on Metacritic and, and OpenCritic and stuff like that? Yeah, it's it's gotten some uh, decent scores. Yeah. Right, that's, that's some, you know, the low end of great, but still great scores. Alright, so, the last uh, sort of news tidbit that we have going on here, and this is the doozy. The, the doozy. It is the OLED switch model. So yeah, there's been a new, new, um, new. I guess um, revision. I would call this a revision. Hardware revision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but a substantial. If it if it is a revision, it's a substantial one. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Not so much. Not for everyone. Uh, it's a substantial revision to those that. Primarily, or, you know, for the most part, play it handheld. 
because other than that, and maybe tabletop, because it's got the the wide access kickstand, that sort of thing, and improvement placement on the speakers. So the the handheld, um, I guess, experience has been improved vastly, and it's so much so that I don't even know. It's almost in direct competition with the Switch Lite. Uh, I would I would say. So I'd say it's probably a going to be a better experience than the Switch Lite because you can detach the Joy Cons. Yeah, and also play it on your TV. <laughs> so I mean, it, it is it, more expensive though. It is a hundred. Well, hundred and fifty dollars more, right? Or a hundred? I I don't know. I've never looked into the light versions of the Switch, but it is a little bit more um, than the regular Switch, um, you know, iteration that's out there. Yeah, the regular being three hundred, this new model being three fifty, and I will say it does offer an improvement to those who play docked, and that improvement is built-in Ethernet port. Now, is that really, I mean, an yes. improvement? Is it, yes. though? It. I am hoping, I don't know for certain, but I have the USB adapter dongle for Ethernet. And I'll tell you this right now. The, the, the performance, the online performance, is significantly better when playing cabled versus playing wi- wireless. Right, but that, that option is so readily available, that USB 3.0 to Ethernet adapter, it is so readily available and pretty dang cheap. I think it's under under $10 you can get that dongle. And yeah. you're right, it's definitely the way to play if you're going to do anything online related. Um, but, you know, now I guess that having that all included in the dock is, is nice, but yeah. not all that necessary to... Uh, to I don't know, call for this fifty dollar upgrade. I know that the screen is a, is the bigger is where the money is, right? That's where that's what you're paying that fifty dollars extra for. Um, well, and, and the storage. So instead of uh, what was it thirty two gigs? It's now sixty four gigs of internal. internal. Yep. So that is that is the other difference. So there is. It's not like as straightforward as uh it's mostly for handheld. There is a benefit if you are mostly a docked player. There is a benefit. Yeah, but not not worth, in my opinion, not worth selling my current model. All right, whether it's version okay. one or two, it, it, to me, it's just not. I would not be. I will not be upgrading. Is is generally is really my point. I just don't see the benefit uh, of it. You know. I can easily I can easily get that dongle. Um, it's not expensive. I can easily upgrade my storage for for memory or whatever. Um, what really is the kick in the pants is that there's no real clock speed and uh, upgrade. You know, all the real the more important internals were not really upgraded. Yeah. So, and this is confirmed by Nintendo that the Switch model, the Switch OLED model, does not have a new CPU or RAM or GPU. So it's it's all the same stuff. I doubt they're going to do any type of. They might have some functionality there for like overclocking or boosting, uh, while docked, maybe. But that is a that is a maybe at best. Right. And most likely uh, and unlikely. The biggest thing, the most important thing, if if this were going to be a sort of a, a super switch or a switch pro, the biggest factor would be increasing the memory. 
the the ram and they did not do that the only now some people might see because uh, digital foundry and other places have reported that the uh dev kit for the oled model of the switch has increased ram but that's not the switch model itself so don't get your hopes up too much <laughs> and the dev kit only went up by two gigs uh from six so yeah big, not not a big deal yeah so that 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 increased ram capacity would have been man that really would have been nice to have in the consumer version whether or like i would even i would really even like the six gig gig um ram version you know give us something and they just there wasn't in there and you're even getting the same joy cons so you're going to end up with the same joy con problems so i don't i don't know again again i gotta i gotta remember that this is just a a uh hard it's almost like a really just a hardware refresh so they're updating it slightly and i just can't justify me getting rid of what i currently own to get this well my guess is the the old switch the original switch model is going to get a massive price drop and they're probably go they might do a price drop or keep the switch light at its current pricing point and be, and just the big difference between the switch light and the switch oled that's going to be enough and then they'll phase out the the original switch model yeah. until all that's left is the oled and the switch light and then they'll drop the oled down to the original at the very least the original switch price the 300 dollars and maybe eventually lead to uh another price drop maybe on right. uh switch light that's yeah. a maybe well that cer that certainly makes sense you know phase out you know the the version one has already been phased out but the version two of the docked version that people currently have and then this one this new oled version essentially just takes over uh so let's just talk about this this screen so it is it's oled so you're, you're gonna have increased uh quality there it's gonna be a yep. little bit bigger uh so you're gonna have reduced bezel size you're gonna have a bigger size but it's maximum output or resolution is at 720 so you're not getting 1080 at all which is kind of disappointing um to be honest with you well, it makes sense if they're not changing any of the internals. If the mm -hmm. if the handheld version, uh, or when you're playing off the dock, if they boost, if they presented allowed for it to display instead of 720 up to 1080, that means that they would need to upcycle, upclock the GPU and CPU, and that means you're going to drain your battery life more unless they improve the battery. So it's a trade-off, and that's the whole reason why it's locked at 720p on the smaller screen, because you don't really need 1080p on such a tiny screen. 720 is going to look, it's still going to look fine. Even though the screen is slightly bigger, 720 is still going to look real good on it. You're probably, it's going to be real hard to notice the difference between 720p and 1080p on such a small screen. Right. You'll notice it, but it, it's, it's not going to be as obvious when you're playing on the dock. So. Yeah, I, I just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, I, I just don't think uh, having having this OLED, which is a very nice screen technology, uh, it's the best out there now. Um, I, I don't think having it 
be locked still at 720p is all that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just another one of those things for me personally, you know, just to say that I am not going to be in on this. Uh, I think this is great for people who are just going to be getting a Switch. Uh, it's going to be great for those handheld, you know, primarily handheld players. It's going to be great for them. Yeah, it, it's just not it's not for everyone. I, I just think they needed to do a little bit more um, behind the scenes, essentially, uh, to get to get more people to jump on it. Well, I, I think it's, I, I think it, it, it is, it's obviously that, but it's also, uh, there was a hope by current switch owners of get buying into an upgraded switch model. And that's, that's not what this is being marketed as. This is not for, Hey, existing switch owners. Here's, uh, the new model that you've been waiting for that does more. Right. Uh, performance-wise, graphics-wise. Now, some people that already own a Switch are definitely going to jump on this and upgrade. But mm-hmm. and but for you and I, we're not going to upgrade because it's not going to give us you know more performant, better-looking games or visuals. So right now, in saying all this, there is an option to buy the dock separately, which will probably be the thing I do. I might just get the dock and it's it's primarily for aesthetic reasons. I um I read I got new cases for my Joy-Cons and they're white. I made I already I had made them white a while ago. And I I just think this would it obviously it would work in this case. Now that's I'm assuming that my older switch or my my switch current switch will fit into this new dock. That I don't know. I think so. That again, I, I'm just not not entirely sure. But it you, should. yeah, well, you yeah, you should. You're right. It should, but the the width difference is like point. It's it's like one tenth of an inch or something like that. The width difference. So, yeah. and the I believe the thickness is exactly the same and the height might be almost exactly the same there's a slight difference in weight and there's a slight very slight difference in width so dimensions wise it should still fit i don't know for certain and and nintendo i don't think there's any news out there or or information out there that suggests that you can take the old switch model and stick it into the newer switch dock right yeah i I haven't seen that either but i mean Again, I'm doing it mainly for aesthetic reasons. I I don't even care about the you had mentioned the the network adapter. That that doesn't buy, bother me. Um I do think I like the the uh the front of the dock, the new dock has uh the switch logo and it and it lights up. So that's kind of uh kind of cool. But again, other than aesthetics, this really is just it's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it same. It's well. I mean, it has it has all the nice little additions, and I I like all those things. And I I play my Switch handheld. I play it docked. I I I'm always running the hybrid, you know, gameplay aspects depending on the situation. But you know, paying more, you know, fifty bucks more than what the current one's selling for, and getting these things when the one thing I actually wanted is uh better performance mm-hmm. 
and I didn't get it. So um, I'm just going to continue to wait it out because I, I don't need to upgrade. I mean, I think at this point, we'll probably just get whatever the next, it won't be a Switch Pro. It'll just be the next, whatever the next thing is, I think, uh, unless they stick with this format, you know. I hope they do. I hope they stick with this whole hybrid console handheld model. But they also have some competition now with this uh, Steam Steam Deck. They do, but that's a that's really like a a laptop with that looks that's trying to like uh I guess look like a Switch and. It's a laptop and a game controller combined. There we go. That, yeah, that's yeah. What it essentially is. It, yeah. it is a fully fledged uh, PC. It's running on the Steam OS, but apparently you can load Windows on it and just run it like a Windows PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a pretty wild thing. The price point is actually kind of surprisingly low for what it's touting well that's the the base model so there are different models right so the well, more ex- most expensive yeah. one probably the one you really should be going for well well the base model is 400 bucks which is pretty cheap for what it's touting mm-hmm. and the uh, the most expensive one is 650 which is still really cheap for what it's touting so i i'm 650 for a laptop for a gaming laptop you can't find that that's, no, that's non-existent. So you're getting that with a controller built into it, and sort of a, a an operating system that is going to be, I hope, natively more performant than what Windows could be. And that's there's there's some caveats to that because some games might actually be more performant when running on Windows uh, due to like emulation type stuff because CMOS is the sort of like this Linuxy ish type of thing. I think I could be wrong on that, but I think it's like this Linuxy type variant thing. So maybe I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so anyway, anyway, I, it's it's interesting. I think it's exciting. I don't think it's gonna sell at all. The thing's kind of ugly. It it is very ugly. I don't like the placements of the the joysticks. Um, I, I, I it looks like the 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 B button, which is like all the way to the right. It looks like it's it was an afterthought, and <laughs> like it's almost falling off the side. I don't I don't know. I, I honestly I think it's going to sell really well. To be honest with you, you think it's going to sell well? I think it's going to sell well, and I think it could be uh, potentially be a disappointment if you look at what Steam. Um, or Valve has put together in terms of hardware, they've failed a lot. Yeah. So, which, which is why I don't think it's going to sell well. Well, I think it'll sell well. It's just will it will it succeed is the question, right? Well, uh, if it sells well, then it succeeded. Not necessarily. Well, monetarily, yes. Uh, the Steam Control is sold well, but it's a piece of garbage. They did sell well. What are you talking about? Steam controller? It did. It did sell well. I remember, I know people who prefer the Steam controller over a lot of other controllers. Sure, but that doesn't mean it sold well. I, I think it did. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I, I, I thought it sold well. Just because it's sold doesn't mean it sold well. You know, no. if, if they announce, right, like, like, here I am, Steam, I make, you know, 100,000 Steam controllers, 
And then I, I announced like, oh, yep, we sold out. You're going to assume that it sold well. I, but I think in reality, the number of like controllers that get sold for like PCs is in like the millions. Sure. Like a hundred thousand, but there's millions that get sold on a per year basis. Like, all right, it didn't sell well. I think it, at, at one point they were selling their over their stock, the remainder of their stock for like these controllers for like a dollar or something hideously stupid. Yeah, so there you go. If it actually sold well, they would not drop the price. Hmm. There you go. That's that's all you need to know. Like, prices so, don't drop when it sells well. Case in point, the Switch. The Switch or just Nintendo first-party games in general. Exactly. They Because they are evergreen things, They the prices don't drop on them, and that's just the nature of it, right? When things yeah. aren't selling well, a.k.a. most Ubisoft games after the first month, <laughs> the prices get dropped. So, yeah, with this new Steam Deck, it's just... Time will tell, and it will be really quick whether or not it's successful, I think. And, yes. And I could... This is this is a prediction. So my prediction of it not selling well is very wish-washy. I, this is also one of those hills I will not die on. <laughs> because I could, be, I could be very wrong on this. There, there is potential. There is potential. I actually hope it, it does succeed because... The aspect of of the the crossplay aspect of being able to take my entire sort of PC gaming library and to just like lay down on my bed and play it on a handheld seems awesome. Yeah. So, but you're you're waiting on review type stuff, right? I'm waiting on a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It it it's not something I'm like. It's not something I need. Hmm. Right. It's something I'd be like cool with doing, but it's also like something I'd have to try. I have to like physically try it because that thing seems huge and it seems heavy and it doesn't seem like <laughs> something I want to hold my hands for that long. Like it seems like it's going to be at least twice as heavy as the switch. And that, that's at least I'm trying to play it safe twice as heavy as the switch. It's probably going to be like three or four times as heavy as the switch. Oh man. That's Did just they announce a weight to it. Um, I I think there was some hands-on type of stuff. I, I I don't I didn't really pay much attention to it, so I'm not sure. I'm gonna try to quickly. Uh, oh, okay. One point four seven pounds. That actually seems kind of light. I know it's heavier than a switch, but one point four seven pounds. All right, let me let me see what the switch weight is. So essentially one and a half pounds. Let's see. These, where is the weight for the switch? I actually wanted to touch back on something we discussed earlier regarding the Nintendo Switch dock. According to The Verge, the old and new docks are interchangeable, so players can use the OLED dock with a regular Switch model, uh, which is great news if you wanted to use that wired internet, um, I guess, aspect on it. Oh, so so it is confirmed. Yes, and for comparison, Nintendo Switch sells docks, no cables included, on the website for sixty dollars. So it potentially could be in it at around that much money for a dock. For for the new dock. For the new dock, yeah. 
All right, and and the weight of the switch with the Joy Cons attached is 0.93 pounds. So yeah, it is a half pound. lighter. What? Uh, by a half pound. Yep, lighter yeah. by a half pound. Yep. And, and if that... you had the Joy Cons detached, it would be twice the weight. Who plays uh, handheld with the Joy Cons detached? Uh, if you're playing tabletop, but oh. then you're also not holding the switch. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess that half a pound could make a difference. I don't know. Uh, it's just a totally different, you know, world. You got your PC games, then you have your Nintendo first-party games. You know, it's just very, very different. It is. I, the backlog is probably the biggest appeal of the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. You, you have access to almost everything. All right, let's quickly get into some uh, upcoming releases. Today is the 21st of this recording, so we will jump out a week. Let me see, let me see. Um, I do want to go back a day, back in time. Chris Tales uh, was a game that was released. It did receive a substantial day one patch where it apparently fixed quite a number of problems if you're at all familiar with Chris Tales, it is a jrpg so it's a turn it's a turn-based game i hate the term jrpg i will never use it again um it is a turn-based game where you can manipulate time um in your battles it is a very visually uh pleasing game in my opinion it very almost uh not stained glass i'm not sure how you would uh, describe it um but it is a very aesthetically pleasing game yep uh so that is chris tales that was released on the 20th for 30 uh 39 dollars uh it's got a physical version as well uh next we have wow that's we got maybe one or two games uh neo the world ends with you it looks like people were just trying to stay away from uh these big games so neo the world ends with you is coming out on the 27th johnny is very excited about this game oh yeah and, um, wow, this is a very long game. <laughs> Holy cow. 65 plus hours. Anyway, it's coming out the 27th physical version. It's a full price game, 60, 60 doll hairs, uh, for the U S version. I have to play the demo on this. Yes, you do. I do. I do. I think, uh, what, I think I would like it, but my backlog is just way too stacked with these giant RPGs. I, I'm I'm like super excited for this game. I'm hoping it scores well, and and I will be back on board, back in Shibuya, just you know, just rocking it out. Well, eating eating the noodles, eating eating the ramen, and wearing you know, pick, selecting my my fashion wardrobe, and making sure I'm I'm entering battle in style. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I'm gonna. I guess stretch it out here. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're we're within a week. It's uh, I'm not sure exactly how to say this. Is Fuga, Fuga, uh, Melodies of Steel. Um, it is a what is this game? I'm we, not exactly. We did talk about it. It looks like a furry furry game. Yes, but you're in a, I guess like a mech tank. Yeah, and, and your nav, your I guess traversing somewhere the the world or something uh and you're living inside the mech tank thing and you're you're doing mech tank battles and then you're also like doing like talking to your your crewmates inside of the mech tank and then you're also doing like dungeon 
delving stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So it it's it's weird. It's got mech tank stuff, and I I it just it had me at mech tank. Had <laughs> you at mech tank? Um, okay. If you if you go to the uh, Nintendo website or Deku deals or whatever, uh, take a look at some of these screenshots. One screenshot that really kind of caught my eye. I'm not exactly sure how to explain this. Is that there's some sort of timeline type of thing up at the top of the screen. I don't know if that means there's going to be different timelines. There was a game that you played where it looked very similar to that timeline type of thing. What game was it? Oh, that's Radiant uh, Historia. There we go. So I'm not sure if this is kind of like the same type of deal where maybe whatever you do in, in terms of what the game impacts where you go on that path um story wise nah nah nothing nothing's gonna do what radiant historia did i'm not saying it's gonna do what they did but maybe they took some aspect of it i doubt it i i what this might be this might be just um i have no clue what this is actually because <laughs> all these icons are just weird looking uh, yeah right so i'm not sure maybe, right. maybe it's a branching path story thing who knows uh, but it is a strategy RPG, and it is coming out on the 28th for um, $40, $40 USD. Kind of a high price point. It is, uh, especially for an indie, but it looks like it it could potentially... It has a lot of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it looks <laughs> like it could be worth uh, the $40. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Last but not least, I'm going to stretch it out for uh, for this game here. On the 29th, Eldest Souls. This is a, a pixel art isometric game. Um, it is a kind of like a Souls-like. Uh, it's in the name of the game. This game is already out on PC, so you can already play it, I believe. It yep. is, a, is a boss rush game. Uh, boss rush, pi- pixel art, isometric game. I played the uh, demo, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. <laughs> time has blurred together to the point where I, I have lost track of time. Uh, and yep, I played it. It's real good. It's got a uh, big, uh, it has uh, multi-skill trees. Uh, I think it's a skill tree for each weapon type that you can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's different play styles that are involved. And in the demo, it, it, you definitely couldn't unlock uh all I, I don't know you might be able to like unlock one thing but you could see that there's more to it than that uh so it looks very promising the uh the bosses be hard and uh and it's a game of boss fights and i i liked what i played even though it wasn't like super super much but it was uh it's something to pay attention to cool and that is going to be twenty dollars uh, on the 29th. Excellent. That is going to wrap up today's episode of the Switch RPG Cup podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to send in any questions, comments, concerns at podcast at switchrpg.com. You can listen to the show mostly every week, um, if not every other week. And, and also, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you do, please leave us a rating and review. We want to climb up them's charts. So your support would be amazing. And finally, remember to head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, peace.